When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, NBA Draft Junkies, the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast, and also our friends at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. It is sincerely appreciated. The turn of the new year is upon us, and 2022 is already uh, over a week in the books already, so time is flowing by fast, and wouldn't you know, right around the corner, just before you know it, will be the NBA Draft. For all of us NBA Draft junkies, pardon the pun, we're looking forward to it already, and it's about time that all you casual observers of the NBA draft start to gear up, start to check out who might be going where in the NBA draft. And there's no better place to go for your updates on the NBA draft than NBADraftJunkies.com, NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube, and also as well, the Locked On NBA Draft podcast, and the guy who oversees it all, the entire experience your NBA draft coverage is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today. Like I said, on the Locked On NBA Draft podcast, NBA Draft Junkies, and NBADraftJunkies.com. I do want to mention for YouTube users out there, please subscribe to him because he's got a goal. He's got a goal for over 200 player profiles before the NBA draft. At least that's what he said today on his Locked On NBA Draft podcast. It might go to 300. You never know. It is Rafael Barlow and Rafael, my longtime friend now. I truly appreciate you jumping back on all the way from Greece. I hope the Greek food is outstanding because I love Greek myself. So always good to hear from you, my friend. Yeah, it's good. Greek food is good and it's cheap. So, uh, and I'm not a foodie at all, but I can eat. I wish it was cheap here in Vegas. Yeah, it's good. Nothing in the States is cheap once you, once you, uh, you come across the water, but no, the food in Greek is the Greece is cheap. Like I can get a a euro, and they they put it with like the French fries in it. Yep. For two, I don't know, for about three bucks, oh. and it's like a good one. So 
I'm enjoying that. And like I said, I'm not a foodie. I could usually care less about food when I travel, but it's uh, I'm, I'm saving money here in Greece for sure. Oh, that's good to hear, my friend. And I know you're still traveling internationally all over the place, tracking down, like we talked about even before the show. You're trying to get the latest intel and the latest news on all these prospects, trying to beat out all the other scouts and all the other experts out there because you are one of the premier individuals that have grown over the past year, year and a half to prominence in the NBA draft and your knowledge on the NBA draft. And I'm gl- so glad to see you becoming that, that, you know, that entity that I saw right away that people need to draw upon for their knowledge of the NBA draft. So I know that everything has been uh, kind of overwhelming. You got married recently. I mean, you moved yeah. overseas again. You're still working with Locked On. How, how has it been for you, all the stuff that's been going on? It's been quite an experience the past year. Actually, honestly, like the past year and a half since COVID, to be honest with you. It's uh, it's just kind of been a crazy experience. Things are starting to take off for me professionally. And I mean, I, I've said it every podcast, but I mean, I owe a lot of that to you. Once once I came on your podcast and you, and you um, told me how easy it was to start a podcast because you know, we all have thoughts in our head that we need to do, that we want to do, and then it's just a matter of doing it. And the crazy thing is, you know, once I started the podcast, I just started cranking out episodes and episodes and episodes. And I've actually had a couple of people twice, twice since I've been over here in Europe recognize me from my podcast or in YouTube. So that's been crazy. But other than that, I mean, it's been it's been good. I mean, been over here, I've been, I started off in Barcelona. I think I stayed in Barcelona for about six weeks. I've been in Athens for maybe like a week now. Um, just all the games have been canceled here. That's kind of put a damper on things. There was a big tournament that I wanted to go to in Germany um, towards the end of the month. That's been postponed. So I've had a lot of free time, like a lot of time. I haven't been to a game in over a month now, so that kind of stinks, but I've been watching a lot of film and, and I'm just trying to maximize this opportunity that I, that I have in front of me. Um, You know, it's not often I I get a chance to to live overseas and supposed to watch basketball, but, um, but everything has been good. I mean, I'm very, very, very thankful for this opportunity and, and, you know, this, this season in my life right now. Oh, that's awesome to hear my friend. And the thing that you put out earlier today, as we're recording this, is your usual weekly, one of two weekly episodes of the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. You're the Monday and Thursday podcast on that channel. And they've got actually four great podcasts that they produce each and every week on the NBA Draft. One of the things you dropped today was your Big Board 2.0. I just want to let everybody know. And then I'm not going to go ahead and divulge your top picks as far as the one, two, three in that exact order. But if you've been following the NBA draft at all, you already know some of the names that are already high up on that list. But since the turn of the new year, my friend, one name in particular has risen up draft boards to other, I won't say if it's yours or not, but to other number ones on their, their draft boards right now, their mock drafts or draft boards, things of that nature with other prominent experts. And that's Jabari Smith from Auburn, 6'10". Great shooter, looks to be someone that is could be in the mold of maybe a Michael Porter Jr. Some even say maybe I know what the 
we're just a poor man's Kevin Durant, uh, 6'10", decent length. Still, I think, has to work on his handle a little bit more from what I'm seeing. Uh, but you know what? Very good jumper already. Seems to be improving by leaps and bounds over even what he was doing previously last year in 2020. So I want to hear your thoughts on Jabari Smith. Again, he is someone who has risen up to number one with a lot of draft, draft experts in the past week to 10 days. I want to hear your thoughts on that as we head into a new part of this NBA draft process. Yeah, with Jabari, I'll be honest. Coming into the season, I thought he could be a top 10 pick. When I watched this film in high school, I, was, I wasn't I was as high on him then as I am now. I thought he was really skinny. I, I thought that he all he did was shoot a lot of threes. Uh-huh. And to be honest, I thought he played more like Channing Fry. Not a not a knock on Channing Fry at all, but I didn't see much of anything outside of shooting a lot of threes. And then I started as he got older, I started seeing like he could put the ball on the floor. And this year, I mean, he's just kind of taking it to another level. I thought he was a good shooter, but he's proven to be like an elite shooter. Then um, he's shown some ability to to put the ball on the floor and, and go coast to coast. I I don't the Kevin Durant comparisons are weird. I mean Durant is like a natural guard. Wow. Yeah. If I had to compare him to anybody, I would say like Chris Bosh with just more shooting range. Yeah. That would that would That's be my comparison. comparison. And I mean Bosh was a monster in Toronto. <laughs> he was really really good. People forget how how good he was because you know once he got to Miami he obviously sacrificed a lot and then I think he had a big year after LeBron left but um yeah that would be my comparison Bosh um and uh I don't see Michael Porter Jr. either I think Michael Porter Jr. is obviously he's a four but he's more like a uh maybe like a wing four well I think Jabari is like I say can post up a little bit put the ball on the floor I don't have him number one right now. I haven't pushed him to that height, but I mean, I've seen some people say he's the the best long-term prospect in the draft and, you know, time will tell. Time will tell indeed, but people need to check out his games at Auburn over the course of the next couple of months. And we'll see how he continues to develop there. Again, I'd, I'd like to see him a little tighten up his handle a little bit more. I've seen him do a lot of, of coast to coast, a little bit of dribble drives and things of that nature of what I've seen already, but, I'd like to see him tighten it up a little bit more, plus be a little bit more assertive on the defensive end. But if he can do those things, there's a possibility he may be able to go at a number one spot. But we'll see. Again, it's a little bit early. We're still talking at the early stages. There's still, what, two months to go, three months to go for the uh, for the college season. So yeah. I'm going to go ahead and, and just make everybody aware of some of these players like Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren has been a number one choice by many prognosticators over the course of the past year has never really dropped down too far in a lot of people's eyes. He's still number one in some people's eyes hasn't dropped down to maybe less than number three. I've seen him mostly at number twos all over the place. So your thoughts on Chet Holmgren, seven, one out of Gonzaga, seven, six reach someone who can hit from the outside still needs to develop a little bit more on his outside shot. And one of the things that we've talked about with him is that, He is not poku thin, but he's not much more right now. But he has a competitive fire that I don't think poku has developed as of yet that 
you know, maybe will keep him in the league quite a bit as far as a, a person who can dominate still on the inside, even though he doesn't have the girth right now to support it. Yeah, I like Chet a lot. I mean, he was my number one coming into the season. Yeah, he's thin. I mean, seven one, seven foot, depending on who you hear from, 195 pounds. But he is tough. He does have competitive fire. The shot is coming along. Like, it, it was weird. Like, earlier in the season, he was knocking down threes at a high rate as a trailer in transition, but he was struggling in the half court. But he's got the percentages up to about 35, 36 now, which yeah. – which is, at. I mean, it's solid. I mean, you, you know, any, I guess everybody probably thought he was going to be like this crazy sniper, but I mean, if you're a seven footer and you're shooting 36% from three on a decent volume of attempts, that's very good. So I had posted it on a video that I did. He's shooting like a ridiculous rate from three in transition as the trailer, like his adjusted field goal percentage in transition is like 107.9%, which I've never seen that in, in my life. So I think the shot had come along. He just makes some plays every once in a while where you're just like, I've never seen that before, whether it's blocking a shot on one end and bringing the ball up and shooting a pull up three in transition in the same possession or times where he'll get the rebound and he'll take it coast to coast. The only issue is his weight and how much weight he can put on. And I think that is a legitimate concern because I, I started looking at other guys that, that I thought had similar builds and they were still bigger. Like Garnett was like 215. Durant was about 215. Even Rudy Gobert, who I, I think that that would be his best case scenario on the defensive end was 238. Yeah. And Chet is 195. So it'd be interesting to see how much weight he can put on and if it impacts his body. But that's right now, that is just the biggest concern is his weight and, you know, how his body will hold up. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know. Condolences to me. Wow, man. I I just had talked about that, and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Now, again, over the course of the past couple of months, we've seen individuals, like I said, Jabari Smith, Chet Holgrim, they've both been at various mock drafts, number one. Even to this day, there's, they both can be, if you look far enough, and you actually don't have to look very far, that they'll both be considered as a number one pick by either experts, mock drafts, where have you. One of the things I do want to talk about is the other of the big three that's being considered at the top of the draft is Paulo Bancaro out of Duke, who I think is a really, really good offensive machine. 6'10", 250 out of Duke. He matched up very well when they were playing against Gonzaga. I know that was a really big test for him as far as how he could go ahead and contribute to the team. But nice jumper, good offensive skills. 
still needs to work, I think, on the defensive end. I, I want to see his feet move a little bit better on the defensive end. I think that's something that I think I want to see a little bit more of. But your thoughts on Paula Boncaro, who has also been, depending on where you look and depending on who you ask, also considered a number one pick. I think around November and December heading into there, he was a, a universal number one pick by most people. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, he still is. And the big games, he's looked good. And only only thing that stopped him from dominating both big games against Kentucky and Gonzaga was he had cramps. I think he had 22 in the first half against Gonzaga. And, I mean, he was head and shoulders the best player on the floor in the first half. 6'10", 250. I mean, like when I was in high school, they didn't have guys that big. It's just crazy to think that a year ago he was playing high school basketball. And I feel that right now he really hasn't fully been able to showcase how good of a passer he is and playmaker. He's, I mean, you know, Duke has between Kills and and, um, Wendell Moore, they have other guys that are are running the offense. But I think once he gets to the NBA, you're going to see that he can make plays out of pick and roll. He can be an initiator. And the the knock on him was he wasn't like this great athlete. He, you know, wasn't like this explosive athlete. But I think that is – and that was one of my concerns coming in, but I don't have that concern anymore. I just think he's been so good right now that people are just starting to nitpick and try to find little, little flaws. Okay, yeah, he doesn't have seven, three wingspans. So okay, he may not be a rim protector, but – I mean, I think he's going to be really good, and he's he's the number one player on my board right now. Plus, it's also sometimes hard on the defensive end to go ahead and shine when you have Mark Williams back there trying to do so much on the defensive end. I think that's something that I think people need to consider as well. I think right now the dynamic between those two players, they play pretty good off of each other but also are not able to go ahead and showcase other parts of their game because the fact that if they do, it, it almost – kind of intercedes over the course of one. If one tries to do too much, then the other doesn't get a chance to go ahead and produce. I think that uh, right now, Krzyzewski is trying to go ahead and make sure that at least both are able to go ahead and shine because Mark Williams is being considered right around the lottery pick as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't have him in my lottery. I mean, I think, you know, there's a few guys that are similar. But, yeah, I mean, I just think defensively he can be better. But they all have areas to improve. I mean, Chet is definitely like an elite rim protector, but there are times when he kind of gets bullied out the way because of his lack of strength. I mean, even in the Duke game, there are times where they boxed him out, he was under the basket. So, I mean, everybody kind of has their 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 flaws or concerns. But to me, I, I'm, I don't really have any any doubts that Ben Carroll is – he's my number one right now. Of course it could change, but – well, I'm just going to say right now, if you're a team that's in the top three, I don't think you can go wrong. I think all three have a bright future in the, in the next level. Yeah, I mean, but you got to figure fit also. So, you know, like if you're Houston, I think Shingun is going to be really, really good. So if you're Houston, unless you think you can play Shingun and Chet together, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, it, it depends. Detroit could use – I mean, Detroit just – Traded for Bo Bo. So if you got Bo Bo and, and, and Chet, you, you might have the skinniest front court ever. <laughs> this is true. This is true indeed. But once again, it's Rafael Barlow. You got to check out what he's doing today at NBA Draft Junkies.com. His awesome YouTube page where you're going to go ahead and check out 
all the draft profiles. In fact, again, he's targeting 200, at least a minimum Two, of 200. 250. 250. 250 yeah. draft profiles right there for you coming up by the NBA draft. So that's his goal. That's what he's going to do. And I know him. He does everything he can to try to get that done. You can go ahead and check it out. If you subscribe today at YouTube at NBA Draft Junkies, and of course, each week he's on Mondays and Thursdays, wherever you get your podcasts on the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. I want to ask you this in regards to someone that you've spoken about on your show, and that is Jean Montero of Overtime Elite. The mystique of Overtime Elite, I know they recently had a showcase where they showed everybody the state-of-the-art facilities and what they're doing for the kids. And there's about 40, I think, prospects that they're currently overseeing the guidance of right now. But with a private company like that, a private entity, you know, there's still in question as far as the number of games that they can go ahead and they can commit to and actually end up playing because of what's going on with coronavirus as opposed to someone who is mocked right around that same area like in Dyson Daniels and Jaden Hardy, because both of those are in the G League right now with the G League Ignite, and they're actually playing games already with another individual that I'll talk about here in a bit. But tell me about right now the advantage or disadvantages of each of those for those prospects, because right now they're, each of those three prospects I named are evaluated right around each other. With John, it's so hard for me to go ahead and gauge because, again, Overtime Elite is so, I don't know, it seems to me like they're put at a disadvantage because of the setup they currently have. Yeah. Funny thing is, if there are any fans or people from Dominican Republic listening, they will definitely be on your head about pronouncing it John. Like I had so many people message me talking about it is yawn. Like yawn, every time okay. I every time I post or I say it, the whole message is well, hey, I'm thinking myself the way it's spelled, like Jean Paul or Jean Luc exactly. or something like that. That's the way I'm, but it's yawn. Yeah, uh, people yeah. are they really, really take it serious. I mean, they call okay. me idiots. Hey, you don't know what you're talking about if you can't pronounce his name. And, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's not like you get a chance to watch these guys on TV and hear the announcers pronounce it. You're going yeah. by, you're sounding it out. And and yeah. so that's one well, of the He's going to be called, I mean, you and I both know, and once he gets to the league, he's going to be called John a lot. But yeah, I'm going to try and keep it as straight as I can with Jan Montero. I've seen footage of him, yeah. and he looks like he's going to be an outstanding prospect, but it's really hard to gauge when you don't have the live current footage that you can of what you're seeing with prospects from the G league or college that are being evaluated right around his, his spot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think overtime elite is, is, um, I mean, I don't think the competition is as good as college basketball in the G league, but Jan played overseas. So, I mean, I think scouts have had time to watch him playing overseas, but every level that he's played on that I've seen, he's been, the same. A lot of people don't remember, but years ago he played in the EYBL when he was like 14 or 15. And he dominated at the, I think it was 15U, and then that's when he ended up going to uh, to Gran Canaria in Spain. Then I, I first saw him play at the Basketball Without Borders in 2020. He was doing All-Star Weekend. It was like one of the last major basketball events before life changed on us. And Josh Giddy was at that camp, and I thought Montero was the best player there, head and shoulders. Okay. To the point where I even did a video 
for an agent, an agent was like, nah, he's too small. I don't think he projects to be this or that. And I, I broke down the video. It's like, no, I think this kid is, is going to be special. And uh, I still think so. I mean, he's he's never going to pass like the eye test because he doesn't have like freakish athleticism. He doesn't have like, you know, Jaden Ivy speed or, or strength, but I don't. Intangibles. Yeah. Well, you know, just the things that they, you know, people spend a lot of time, you know, people spend a lot of time putting value in. I don't. I don't want to say he's Trey Young, but I see like a Trey Young in a sense that Trey Young is never going to pass the eye test yeah. from the physical standpoint. But Jan is such a crafty scorer. And, you know, I, I think he could end up being like Lou Williams type guy where is he a one? Is he a two? He's just a guy that gets buckets and he's, he's just, you know, a ball player. <laughs> but I, I like him a lot. It's just like, it, it's hard to evaluate. But it's also like hard to evaluate some of the European prospects that are playing for some of the top clubs, but they're not getting minutes because they're too young. Like they're, you know, they may be 19. So they're not playing on the junior team anymore, but they're good enough to be a rotation or rotation or a roster player on one of the competitive clubs, but they're not playing. So, but this is the part of scouting that makes it difficult. You know, you have to try to, you know, project what you see. And even like a guy like Peyton Watson, I mean, some people still have him as a high pick. He's not playing a lot of UCLA. Scouts have to either watch him at practice or watch him at warm-ups to see how the shot is getting better. Scouting is tough. So he just adds another wrinkle to it with this whole overtime elite situation. Actually, you just have to watch the whole games. Yeah. So they're, they, they're on like the overtime elite youtube channel well so you I've, yeah watch no i've games. watched and i have watched a couple games and i've liked what i've seen from yon montero but i just yeah. yeah i just would like to see more because again it's so limited about what their schedule is like and what they can actually do compared to what you see with the g league ignite or even from what we're seeing in college basketball today i mean those matchups early on in the season where seemingly all these top teams played against each other already and now they're in conference play so won't, you won't get as good of an evaluation in conference play as you would when, or like you did at the beginning of the season, or if they go in the tournament. But you know, you're still able to get, I think, a pretty good feel for the players that are upcoming in the draft. I'm looking forward to seeing more from Jan Montero. Heading back to the G League real quick, I wanted to ask you this in regards to, like I said, Jaden Hardy and Dyson Daniels. They're being thought of in that lottery prospectus right there. Those are two names that are being bandied about that are both. Uh, doing pretty good in the G League night. But the one player I want to ask you is also on the G League night and is getting a lot of attention, acclaim, but he's not eligible until next year. What if Scoot Henderson was eligible for this year's draft? He'd be in the running for the number one pick. He'd easily be a top five pick. I mean, he's only what, 17 years old. And Agreed. He's been phenomenal. Yeah. Athleticism, burst. He's strong, big hands. I mean, and big hands is 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 such an important, I mean, intangible in a sense because it allows him to kind of it makes him a better finisher at the rim because he's palming the ball like like a grapefruit, and so I mean that makes it easier to dunk on people. I mean, I, I think he's been phenomenal. I know, like. 
for the 2023 draft, everybody has pretty much Pencil Wimbenyama, Victor Wimbenyama from France yep. as the number one pick for like the last two or three years. But now I think that he has some competition. And so I've had a chance to watch Victor live and I haven't seen Scoot live, but I mean, I think the the race to be the number one pick in next year's draft is even closer than a lot of people think. And that, like I said, in, in this year's draft, I think he'd easily be a top top pick, maybe even number one, because he's only 17, so he's still two years younger than some of the other guys. I really like Scoot Henderson. I've, I've watched him play quite a bit now in the past three weeks, and I'm really impressed. You you really come away with impressed. I'd just like to see him develop his outside shot, and if he can really get something consistent from the outside, I think the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, I mean, still 17, so... He's like, you know, the comparisons to Westbrook or Ja Moran or Derrick Rose, those are like the guys that are in his category as far as like burst and athleticism and size. And he's a much more advanced shooter than any of those guys at the same stage. So right now, I mean, he's a a really good pull-up shooter. He just has to improve his – or extend his range, which, you know, I – totally expected you know you go from the high school line to being expected to knock down the nba three consistently i mean that's a huge jump he's skipping over the college line straight to the nba so i still think that he's he's i mean he's going to be dynamite i think he is as well i just think barring injury he's going to be something special in the league and i think people need to keep an eye out for scoot henderson i'm not not saying wrong on obviously what's coming up for next year's draft that he might not be the number one choice but I don't know. It's really hard to pass up. I think he's going to be a really good one. So that's just me. That's just me. That's what I see. But you start seeing those things. Of course, you know, you know better than I. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow. It's the NBA man, indeed, when it concerns the NBA draft and NBA draft junkies on YouTube or his great site, NBADraftJunkies.com. And of course, the Locked On NBA Draft. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Appreciate so much you taking the time to speak to me, my friend. I wanted to ask before we head to the NBA, is there anyone else quickly rising up on draft boards for you as far as someone who, wow, I know you talked about what uh, Jabari Smith, who's risen up draft boards really quickly. Is there anyone that's standing out as far as that's concerned for you? Yeah, there's a few guys. I mean, Johnny Davis, I didn't have him on my mock 1.0. For I Wisconsin. have him at four. Yeah, I mean, I think he's national player of the year. I mean, he's been just terrific for Wisconsin. I, I just love his motor, his energy. Kind of reminds me of that shooting guard from the 2000s where they played physical and they posted up. And, and he, he does play a little bit isolation ball. I wonder about him as a, a playmaker for others, but it's hard to deny the jump that he's made. I mean, he, I mean, he's just came out of nowhere, at least for me. Then there's a couple other guys that I think could end up being first round picks. 
Alondis Williams from Wake Forest. I'm a huge fan. I mean, I think I'm going to drive the Alondis Williams bandwagon for the rest of the season. 6'5", point guard. He was at Oklahoma last year. And it's interesting that he was Austin Reeves' backup. And I heard they were roommates. I, I talked to Austin's agent, and they were roommates. And so um, they he left OU, I guess, once, once the coaching changed. And, I mean, it's been the best decision that he's made. Alondis is – He's averaging like 21, five and five reminds me of Darren Williams, not saying that he is Darren Williams, but as far as like body type, the handle, the strength, the, the footwork, the ability to shoot off the dribble only knock on him is that he's 22. Now he'll be 23 on draft night. But I think that a team is whatever team drafts him is, is going to get a, I mean, a heck of a player. And he's also a nifty passer. He may be one of the best passers in college basketball. So I'm really high on him. And then there's Darion Sebron from NC State. Another guy that's just very unique. He's like 6'7", 180, but 80% of his shots are at the rim. He averages 10 rebounds per game. And he has like this Sean Marion type rebounding and motor. I mean, think about it. 10 rebounds per game at 180 pounds is pretty impressive. And then, uh, but what makes him even more unique is that he can play point guard. Like you, you watch him play. Sometimes he's initiating the offense. He he plays like, and I mean, I'm just, I'm when I just, I'm throwing out comparisons just for people to get a visual. But he plays like a smaller Giannis, where he's not shooting the ball. He is attacking the rim, even though you know that that's what he wants to do. He's still attacking the rim, and he's like Giannis in a sense where he gets a lot of his points on if he gets the rebound, he can turn a missed shot into a a one man fast break and just the same relentless motor and activity as Giannis. So again, he doesn't have Giannis's physical attributes. He's not six eleven, and he's definitely not as strong as Giannis, but I see like the same aggressive. I can't shoot, you know, I can't shoot, but I'm still coming to the rack every time. I mean, I don't even think Giannis shoots 80% of his shots in the paint. Yeah. And I, I think he's going to be good because there's the spacing in college basketball is nowhere near the spacing in the NBA. You don't have stretch fours. You don't have as much, you know, space. I mean, the lane is congested in college basketball. Some teams are playing zone. You know, a lot of teams don't have fours or fives that can stretch the floor. So I think that he's a weapon. I think like, a team like Miami or Toronto, a team with that is creative or that has a, you know, a strong track record of development could make him a legit NBA starter. I'll say one person that is, I, I've dropped his, his name before with you uh, last year. And that was Isaiah Mobley as someone who might sneak into the back end of the draft. I think it's someone that people need to be looking out for Six ten, unique passing skills. I think he, he and his brother worked well with each other while he was there. Obviously we know what happened with Evan Mobley and he's probably going to run away with a rookie of the year, but uh, Isaiah Mobley, I think is you know someone who can, who's hit for he, right now, currently 43% from the three point area for the second year in a row still needs to work on his free throws, but I think he can be a, a solid contributor in the NBA. And I think someone that might take a look at because I've seen the way he's able to run the USC offense and they're playing at a level that they haven't played in decades. In fact, they're the highest ranked they've ever been since 1974. So 
seeing wow. him being able to initiate that offense from both the post up and also top of the key location and his passing skills, plus the fact that he can hit the three. I think that he's going to be someone maybe that in the, you know, the back end of the second round is someone I think that maybe a team should take a flyer on, but that's just me. Maybe that's just, yeah. maybe that's I mean, my that's, USC uh, home cooking talking there. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's putting up the numbers. I mean, if you, you look at 17 the, and nine, I think right now, um, I think it's, I don't think it's that much like 15, 15 to nine, 15, 15 and eight. nine. Yeah. 15 and nine, but almost three assists per game shooting 47% from three. Yeah. Definitely someone that could, could easily be a second round pick. Only thing about the second round this year, we got team, we got two less picks. So two, two players aren't going to get drafted because of the, the bucks and the heat. Because of that tampering going on there, and which we know happens all the time in free agency, but yeah, I digress on that. But that actually may be a better opportunity for those guys at the back end of the draft because if they get undrafted, they're able to go ahead possibly with their agents. And you and I have seen this already where undrafted individuals are able to get a better opportunity with a team that they go ahead and latch on to as opposed to getting drafted by at the end of the second round by a team that really is not interested or doesn't give it a full effort interested in their services. So yeah. I, seemingly, I mean, like, cause we're not, we talked about Austin Reeves, this worked out for mm-hmm. him as far as really good for able to pick the, where he wanted to go when actually uh, the Lakers were interested. So it's worked out for him, but yeah, I, I talked to his agent about that. I'm like, that was, that was big nuts. <laughs> like Austin really had to trust him. And I mean, I was just gutsy to tell teams, no, don't draft us. No, I don't, don't draft and he said that he did research and he thought the Lakers were the best fit for a two-way and and Austin just got his contract guaranteed a couple of days ago which we knew was going to happen but I mean that was man that was an incredible gamble especially for like a young agent it's not like he's you know Arn Tellum or or you know Rich Paul Jeff Schwartz or somebody like that so it definitely worked out for Austin. Of course, Austin has to had to do his end. But, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot more of that. You're going to see a bunch of – you may see guys get drafted who you're like, who? And it's simply just because other – the agents are going to try to avoid players getting drafted into a situation that is not favorable. Or the old draft and stash. Every once in a while when you see in the second round, you still see that every now and then. Yeah, but, you know, the last few years we really haven't. It's like teams are – I mean, I think there was a few guys last year that that teams wanted to draft and stash, but a lot of those guys were just like, no, we're just coming to the draft next year. We don't don't want to – you know, we'd rather play and try to get ourselves into the first round the next year. I mean, it just depends. And if they're young, they can do that. But if they're a certain age, then then they just got to go. But – yeah, we see the right now. Be different now. Well, we see right now with a lot of prognosticators, including yourself, at the back end of the, the draft, we see a lot of individuals that were higher up at this point in time last year. So sometimes, sometimes it can work against you on that. But once again, it is Rafael Barlow from, from the NBA Draft Junkies. Cannot thank you enough for watching and listening. But before we head on out, my friend, wanted to go ahead before you give the full pitch on what's going on with NBA draft junkies. It's the NBA itself. You know where the Lakers stand right now, right around 500, six, they're battling between six, seven place in the West. As we talk about this, 
With Portland, your favorite team, they've seen some hard times despite a good win tonight against Brooklyn, which I do compliment them on. Dame has not been in the lineup for quite a spell. CJ has not been in the lineup for quite a spell. The team is, uh, when you look at them, they're just not playing. They're just not getting it done on the defensive end. And it just is really, I know for you, sometimes very frustrating to see as a fan. I know for me, with see, watching the Lakers defense early on this year was absolutely just heart-wrenching. But right now, they're 10th place at 16 and 24 in the 10th place in the Western Conference. So they would be eligible for the play-in. Your thoughts on the team, should they make the changes now? Anthony Simons looks like he's finally going to go ahead and be able to consistently play at a good level. Whether or not he does it for this team, I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to continue to do it because I think he becomes a restricted or unrestricted free agent this summer. Yeah, I mean, the Blazers have, I mean, they have control of that situation. So yeah. I think he'll be fine. Well, how long will he want to continue to play behind those two? Because I think he's, I think he's ready. I think he's ready well, to take that. Next I mean, that that's the thing. He doesn't really have a choice. <laughs> so yeah. if they want to bring him back, then he can either turn down the money and take the qualifying and then wait another, what, two years to be unrestricted. And if they offer him, what, 50, 60 million? I mean, I think Gary Trent got 52. Yeah. Is he going to really turn that down? I mean, I like Ant. I, I, I had been arguing with a friend for years. I said, I think this kid is going to be really good. And he didn't think so. And, and I mean, he's shown it the last few games, but I mean, I, I think that even now he's, if the Blazers want to be good, he would be a, a dynamic six man to have on, on your, on your roster. Um, if I were in charge of Portland, I'd sit, I, I don't like tanking to be honest with you. I really don't. I mean, but the rules benefit tanking. So, you know, I mean, the Warriors did it a couple of years ago. That's how they got, how they got Wiseman or whatever. But I tell Dame and CJ sit out. I let Ant, some of the young guys develop, get some experience. Then um, I would put myself in position for a top three pick. And then if you get Jabari or Chet or, you know, Palo, then you've upgraded your, your front line. You've given yourself, I think all three guys can play the four. And that's to me, the Blazers weakest position is the four. And you, you've given yourself some, and then, I mean, if, if you get Jabari and, and, and Chet, you've improved your defense. If Jabari ends up being like Evan Mobley, then you've improved your defense. And I think there's some similarities there. So that's what I would do. And then if, they really want to make a push for it, then now you have some assets between CJ or, you know, the number one pick. And I think you can make a trade. As long as it's not Ben Simmons, I'm fine. But you can make a, a, a move. So that's what I would do. I mean, I, I don't think trading Dame is the answer. Small market team, you got a star that wants to be there. And so if you have a star that wants to be there, you know, you don't get rid of him. Like I said, small market team, you already went pretty much a year without fans. So Dame keeps saying that he wants to be there, and then you trade him. I don't know how well that looks to your sponsors and your fans. Well, that's one thing. Is it the best for the organization for him to stay? I mean, financially, is it it the best for them to have no (laughs) fans at the game? 
So he wants to be there. And then it's a new GM. They don't have a GM right now. So what new GM do you want to walk into that situation? And your first, the first thing you do is trade Dame Lillard. Well, the thing is, though, if you were to go ahead and get extended, which is what he would probably be asking for, it is uh, speculated would be around $50 million a year for what he yeah. qualifies for because of his tenure with Portland. And you're talking about someone who would be pushing his mid-30s by that point in time. Yeah, I mean, he brings the franchise more than $50 million a year. True. But Very but then, true. like, you're, I mean, like, what are you going to get for him? Are you... Like, what trade do you get for him that makes a whole lot of sense? Because you're going to have to take on a big salary, two big salaries. Like, if he's, I think he's making like 38 now. So, even if you take on two guys making like $18 million a year, and then whatever team that he gets traded to, I mean, they're going to deplete their roster by, you know, by trading for him. So, but you're not a fan of the Simmons? No, I don't like Ben Simmons at all. Okay. I mean, this guy is not playing right now because his feelings are hurt. <laughs> because this is true. He the the fans and the people criticized him for disappearing. And so no, I mean and then even if you're a small market team like the Blazers, you got a very likable personality in Dame. You have a fan favorite. Are you gonna make a guy like Ben Simmons who doesn't really do interviews? and doesn't really engage with fans or have a I mean, he's not considered a really likable guy do you want to make him the face of your franchise in a small market i mean i'd rather just totally rebuild i hear you on that one you got some great ideas my friend i think you uh got to go ahead and start working with some nba teams here my friend because i'll tell you what you've got so many it's great ideas they they silence me. If I if an NBA team hired me right now, no more podcast, I just disappear and vanish. So it would have to be the right offer because I really enjoy doing the podcast. I really enjoy, you know, expressing my opinions on different players. And I've seen so many guys that are in this quote unquote NBA draft space that I thought were really good on Twitter or you know, and they just disappeared. And they end up taking like really low level jobs. And so for me, like the best ideal situation, I mean, of course I would like to eventually work for a team, but I would like to put myself in position to where. You'd slide into maybe assistant GM, GM role. Maybe not that high, but you know, like Why not? The, the director of scouting or, or something like something that has like some, power to it in a okay. sense you know Fair as opposed to just being you know i mean i'm not saying i would turn it down but but you know like i said if i end up getting a job let's say a scouting job with the lakers then i can't do any podcast anymore you just never see me talk about basketball ever again on social media there is still so much to talk to you with but yep. it's always good to hear from you my friend but before we head on out I got to go ahead and hear more about the experience, all the things you're talking about. Please, everybody got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today. But where do you want them to go first? My website. This year, I'm, I'm spending a lot more time on the website. I know last year I did a, I did quite a few videos. I did like a lot of videos last year, but I spent so much time on videos. I wasn't really updating the site. But this year, I've been really focused on player profiles. I have over 100 
player profiles for this year's draft class, then plus some international players dating all the way to like the 2025 draft. And then I plan on having at least a video on everybody's profile. Like I'm so like focused on having the best draft content out. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, I'm, my back hurts from being hunched over. I don't have the best posture. I'm starting to develop carpal tunnel. <laughs> and every day I like write down the goals of the number of prospects that I want to watch film on and put on my page. It's like a, I don't know, I guess you can say a Mamba mentality, but I'm, I'm just so grateful for this opportunity and I want to maximize it. And my goal is that last year, my goal was to do TV and I did that for the draft show. But now my goal for this year is to be on a bunch of TV stations or TV shows, you know, around, around the draft time. So I'm just trying to be the most knowledgeable guy and just try to outwork everybody. So I listened to this Kobe speech about how he said, if you get up at 5 a.m. and, you know, the next person you're competing with gets up at 7, but every day, you know, you're getting up and you're outworking them, then it's going to be hard for them to catch you. And that's that's my mentality right now. Well, there's no one that works harder than you, especially when it comes to the NBA draft. And please go ahead and check out what he's doing today at NBADraftJunkies.com. NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube. Again, all the videos, all the profiles, you get all that. Plus, for if you're on the go, you're at work, your first podcast of the day. If it's not Lakers Fast Break, it better be Locked On NBA Draft Podcast because he tells you right there, he thanks you for being the first podcast of the day. It is the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. He is on every Monday and Thursday. Plus, he's got a great crew of guys that are doing Tuesday and Wednesday as well. So please go ahead and subscribe today to the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. And, of course, everything that he does at NBA Draft Junkies. Well, my friend, you know that two, three months from now when we meet each other again, things are going to be drastically changing, I'm sure, when it comes to the NBA Draft. And I know you'll be knee-deep in it. As far as all the preparation, as far as the profiles, as far as everything there. But I'm hoping that you will take at least just a few minutes time to talk to me, or at least you'll have a few minutes of time to talk to me about the NBA draft. Anytime. Yeah. I mean, it's only been difficult now because of the time difference. I know it's pretty late there where you're at, but yeah, anytime. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, here in Vegas, we're just getting started after the turn of midnight, but yeah, yeah. that's the way it is here in Sin City. But I know in Greece, I'll tell you what. Now, if I tell that to one of my daughters who really wants to go to Greece, I mean, that's just going to get her excited. Not only is it cost effective, but there's some really good food out there as well. Good food and parts of Greece is very beautiful. I mean, there's no in between. It's either congested and graffiti and old or just postcard type scenery. So, but I like it out here. Oh, I got to check it out one day indeed. But my friend, it's been great talking to you. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow, NBA Draft Junkies, nbadrafttjunkies.com, and of course, the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. If you have any questions for Rafael, please, where can they hit you up on Twitter or email or anything out there on social media for you? Yeah, my DMs are open. I didn't realize that for about 10 years or probably even more than that, I had my DMs locked unless the person was following me. So my DMs are open if a person wants to shoot me a DM. Uh, but my Twitter is Barlow, B-A-R-L-O-W-E, 500. There you go. Absolutely neat. Although, of course, NBA Draft Junkies as well, correct? Yep. 
Raphael at NBADraftJunkies.com. There you go. Absolutely, indeed. So please, if you have any questions on the NBA Draft, please hit them up today wherever you get your podcasts as well. Check them out there. And, of course, everything that he does for the NBA Draft Junkies. My friend, it's been great catching up with you. I just am so happy and so proud that I've been able to see this growth for you and just this continued upward climb for you as you go ahead and reach the heights of the heights. Just so excited for your success. And I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm hoping to get you back on whenever you can, but I know your life will be busy in these next couple months, but I truly appreciate your time. You taking some time to talk to me right here on the show. No problem. Anytime. You're, you're the one that got me started, so I'll, I'll make time for you. <laughs> Well, it can go both ways. It's either a good thing or you can blame me for something. So no, I'm glad no, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's all good. Okay, fair enough indeed. But Raphael, thank you so much as always for being part of the show. I'm looking forward to your continued success as we bring you back on whenever you're available right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.